uh, for the saints around us who are battling whatever they may be battling. Those whom we know that we love, who are in our circles, our family, our friends, our church members, whose lives we have a daily effect on. We need to, to put these words into action. And those who are facing uncertainty, whether it's illness or, or unsure of the, the next life move that they may have in their life, maybe uh, they are in a severe battle against sin and, and the devil and they need encouragement Maybe they are, maybe they're just the opposite. Maybe they're feeling God's call upon their life and they're not sure what to do and they need some direction and help and prayer through those things. Maybe they're facing some financial problems, but no matter what they're facing, isn't it good to know that we have other people around us who are ready to come and intercede on our behalf? Isn't that something? You don't get that anywhere else other than when you're in a fellowship of believers. Ephesians 6, 18 says this right here. Pray in the Spirit at all times. Pray with all kinds of prayers and ask for everything you need. Do this. To do this, you must be ready, it says. Never give up. Always praying for God's people. If you read that out of, out of the New King James Version, it says, pray always with all prayers of supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to the end for all perseverance and all supplications for all the saints. We need to be praying for each other all the time. The words of this song are just these right here. It's three in the morning and I'm still awake, so I pick up a pen and a page and I start to write just what I would say if I were face to face. I would tell you just what you mean to me. And I would tell you these simple truths. Be strong in the Lord and never give up hope. You're going to do great things, I already know. God's got his hand on you, so don't live life in fear. Forgive and forget, but don't forget why you're here. Take your time and pray. These are the words I would say. The second verse says, last time we spoke, you said you were hurting. And I felt your pain in my heart. And I wanted to tell you that I keep on praying. Love will find you where you are. I know because I've already been there. So please hear these simple truths. Be strong in the Lord. Never give up hope. You're going to do great things. I already know. God's got his hand on you. So don't live life in fear. Forgive and forget. But don't forget why you're here. Take your time to pray. These are the words I would say. The first thing that this song says, and I believe that, that we need to heed it tonight, is I would tell you what you mean to me. There's a lot of people in this room that mean a lot to me. And, and, and if it wasn't for some of you in this room, I wouldn't be up here on this stage. It would... It's, it's, a, it's a daily deal that, that I need people around me to help me do what we do here at this church. We have people that are praying for us pastors, and we appreciate those prayers. I tell you, we need to tell each other what they mean to us. We need to be vocalizing what each and every person means to you. Tell them that you love them. Tell them that you appreciate them. And, and tell them 
Tell them thank you for all that they do. Tell them how grateful you are for them and how glad you are that you are serving by them. And we are to have a heart of love for our family, our friends, and our fellow saints, are we not? Jesus tells us in 1 John uh, chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, Dear friends, we sh should love each other because love comes from God. The person who loves has come from God, God's child and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. It really doesn't matter what we think about that verse right there because it's what God says. If you love, then you are of me. If you do not love, you are not of me. And I know we find it hard sometimes to love some of our brothers and sisters in Christ, but yet we still need to reach across that aisle. Ephesians, Ephesians uh, chapter 2, verse 19 says, Now therefore, you're no longer strangers, you're no longer foreigners, but now fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. And that's why we need to be loving on each other. So we need to be telling each other what you really mean to each other. The second thing it says is be strong in the Lord. We need to encourage each other to stay strong in their faith. In Joshua 1.9, it, it, it talks about how the Lord says to Joshua, Have I not commanded you to be strong and be of good courage? Do not be afraid or be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Be strong in the Lord. Life can be full of challenges. It can be full of sorrows. It can be full of, for, full of tough decisions and disappointments. But even amidst the hardship, the Lord counsels us to be strong and be courageous. Be strong and be courageous usually doesn't require you to do great and mighty things. That's not what God's asking you to do. He's asking you to be strong and be courageous. It, it's really made up a bunch of small decisions that we make on a daily basis being strong and courageous. That's, that's showing our trust in God. As we prayerfully seek his direction and, his, and what he wants us to do, as we study his word, as we, as we follow his example each day of our lives, we have, to, we have to have that courage to let go of the fear and face the challenges that we face on a daily basis. And we face those challenges with our faith. And as you... Turn to Jesus in faith and follow his counsel and be strong and be courageous. Let God do great and mighty things in your life. Because that's when those things will happen. When you let go and you let God, when you let him take over, that's when great and mighty things will start happening in your life. And be assured that he is with you everywhere that you go. The next thing that song says, it says, never give up hope. Never give up hope. We have... We've had heard these verses right here before. They come out of Psalms. In you, O Lord, I put my trust. Let me never be put to shame. Deliver me in your righteousness and cause me to escape. Incline your ear to me and save me. Be my strong tower to which I may resort continually. You have given the command to save me. For you are my rock. And my fortress, deliver me, O God, out of the hands of the wicked, out of the hands of the unrighteous and the cruel man. For you are my hope, O Lord God. Hope is the ability to look at any situation and know, regardless of what happens, 
regardless of how it may appear, God is going to come through for you. Hope is that part of faith that helps us focus on the future. Hope is that assurance, uh, or hope is what changes our perspective. Uh, The biblical definition of hope is confident expectation. Confident expectation. Hope is a firm assurance regarding things that are unclear and unknown. Hope is a fundamental component of life of the righteous. If you're a righteous person, if you're a Christian person in here, then you have hope. Without hope, life loses its meaning. Without hope, life loses its meaning because there is no hope in death. The righteous who put their trust and hope in God will be helped. There's, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You put your faith, you put your hope in Jesus Christ, you will have help. And they will not be confounded. They won't be put to shame. They won't be disappointed. And the righteous who have this trustful hope in God have a general confidence in God's protection and his help and are free from fear and all anxiety. Jesus tells us, don't worry. Don't worry. Why? Because we have a hope. We have a secured hope in him. And the next thing the song says is, says you're going to do great things. If you're in God, you're going to do great things. This is, this is an encouragement. This is an encouraging statement right here. Believe me, you are going to do great things. Encouragement is something that we need to, to help keep us all motivated in our daily walks. It helps, it's a, it's a, it's a good feeling that we're loved and, and we feel confident in ourselves and, and we need to do what we were created to do. And God created us and knows all about our personalities. He has, he has provided countless verses in the Bible, countless verses in the Bible that help encourage us each and every day, but also to teach us the importance of lifting up others around us. This is a very important thing. Romans 15:2 says, "Let each of us p- please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification." 1 Thessalonians 5:11 says, "Therefore encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing." And in Psalms 90 17, it says this right here. Let the favor of the Lord, our God, be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. You're going to do great things because you've got God on your side. And we're supposed to be encouraging each other as we do these great things. So let us encourage each other in the work of the Lord on a daily basis. The next thing that... That, that, that it leads us to is that God's got his hand on you. So don't live life in fear. What we do in this, this Christian life, or what we do as Christians, is guided and is directed by God's hand. There, there's no if, ands, or buts about it. He knows the plans that he has for us. Uh, and we should take great comfort that his hands are guiding us on a daily basis. Proverbs 16, 9 says, A man's heart plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. 
Nehemiah 9:19 uh, reflects us back to the days of Israel leading, being led out of out of ex, out of, in the Exodus, and it says that you, in your great mercies, did not forsake them in the wilderness. The pillar of cloud led them by the way and did not depart from them in the day, nor the pillar of fire by night for them the way by which they should go. We don't fear because of his mighty hand is there. The Bible tells us, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. God's got his hand on you, so don't live your life in fear. God's got it, folks. God's got it. We was talking this morning. Debbie and I were sitting back here, and we were talking about how we prayed over the elections, and, boy, it just didn't seem like it worked out. But remember, it's God's will, not our will. God's got a plan, and his plan may not involve a good runoff election or, or whatever we want. What may be in his will is that this whole thing falls apart and he's coming back soon and we need to get busy telling other people about who Jesus is because the end is near they might not get any better we may have started the end already folks and we just need to start keeping our hope in him what he's got planned for us and what he's going to do for us we have got to keep our eyes and our focus on him do not live our lives in fear but stay focused on him because God's got it no matter what happens, no matter what we want, no matter what our will is, God's got his will, his plan, it's already planned out. And, and the last time I checked, his plan was perfect. His plan is perfect. We just got to keep on what the next words of this song says. That's forgive and forget. The Bible doesn't say forgive, but don't forget. I don't know how many times that I've heard well, I can forgive them, but I sure cannot forget it. This don't make us better. It keeps us bitter when we don't forget what others have done to us. It's a completely wrong attitude to have, and it's completely opposite of what God's Word says. And it says there in Matthew, Matthew 6, 14, it says, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your, your heavenly Father will also forgive you you forgive because god forgave you you say well where does it say forget in the bible where does it say we're supposed to forget those things i see that we forgive as god forgave us well how did god forgive you how did god forgive you he he forgave your sins and your trespasses through his son jesus christ did he not he tells us that he has forgotten our sins and he has cast them as far as the east is from the west. That's in the scriptures. So he's forgotten our sins because the east never touches the west. That's a forgotten place. A place that does not even exist and God's put all of our sins there. He's forgave us our sins and he's forgotten our sins. He's put them in that place that we can't ever get to and he can't ever get to it either. Because he's not going to ever go back to that place. You forgive because God forgave you. You forget because God has forgotten your sins as well. Jesus tells us this, he, and he goes on, There's no other way if you don't forgive and forget. Jesus tells us in the next verse, 
there in Matthew 6. He says in verse 15, but if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you. I don't think anyone can live forever without forgiveness. I don't believe anybody can live forever without forgiveness and forgetting in their hearts. The Bible tells us that. If we don't forgive others, then we're not going to be forgiven our sins. So we forgive and we forget. How do we do it? Well, that's another sermon all on its own. And I'll leave that for another time. The song continues, though, and it says, but don't forget why you're here. Don't forget why you are here. We are here as his creation, and we are to bring glory to him. That's why we are here. We, we do this in our worship. We do this in our praise. And then just like we've heard uh, you know, and it's funny that, that all three of, of the pastors of this church have mentioned Paul and Silas in the last three weeks. But we praise and we worship just like Paul and Silas did in prison, just like the saints of the Old Testament, but mainly what we praise and worship and we do just exactly like the disciples and the apostles did in the New Testament church of Jesus Christ. And what that they did is they went out and they shared the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Nothing brings God more glory. Nothing brings God uh, more shine than this right here, than a sinner that repents. The Bible tells us in Luke 15, 7, Jesus tells us this right here. He tells us himself, Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner repenting than there will be 99 Righteous persons who need no repentance. And we know the story that that comes from. It's Jesus going out and finding the lost sheep. Because that's what Jesus did. He came to seek and save that which was lost. And we have been tasked with exactly the same thing. That's our job. That's what we are supposed to do. You know, we are to be like Jesus. And he went out after the lost sheep, did he not? He didn't stay in the church house with the 99, did he? No, we go out. We don't stay in. We search and we find those who do not know Jesus. And we share with them about him. We share with them the gospel. Brothers and sisters, don't forget why you are here. Don't forget it. This is the, this is the last thing that song says. It says, take your time and pray. Take your time and pray. Life is a vapor. We, we, we read that in scripture. It's fleeting. It doesn't last very long, but yet the words say to take time and pray. Time in prayer is time well spent. And I tell you what, I'm so glad that we have these prayer services that we can, we can burden ourselves with our, our brothers and sisters burdens and and take them and petition god like the song says sweet hour of prayer we take our petitions to the throne and we leave them there for god to handle the bible tells us that we don't have uh tells us that we don't have because we don't ask we don't have because we don't ask jesus tells us to have faith in god and ask if you believe in your heart and do not doubt it it shall be done for you 
That's what the Scriptures tells us. You ask, you have faith in God, and when your faith in, in, in God is, is where it's supposed to believe and you believe it in your heart and you don't doubt it, then your prayers are going to be answered. One way or another, if they fall into God's will, they're going to be answered. Do all things with, with steadfast prayer and supplication, giving thanks. That's what the Bible continues to tell us. In all things, we pray. Good or bad, we pray. In need or not, we pray. In sickness, we pray. In sorrow, we pray. In grief, we pray. And in joy, we pray. In all things, we pray. It's a pretty important thing. It says take time and pray. You have a direct line of communication with God. And I'm glad that my Christian belief in Jesus Christ allows me to speak directly to God. I'm glad that I can take my petitions, my burdens, my cares, my sorrows, my worries, my troubles, and I can go directly to God. I don't have to go through somebody else. I can go directly to Him, and I can pray to Him, and He hears me. And not only that, Jesus is sitting right there beside Him. He's interceding for me as well. Not only you can pray to God, but you can also pray to Jesus, and Jesus is going to pray and, and, and bear your petitions to God for you. Amen? That's a great... That's a great thing that we have right there. In all things we pray. You have direct communication with God, so pray. I'm going to finish with with Matthew 19, 26. And it says, Jesus looked at them and he said, With man, this is impossible. But with God, but with God, all things are possible. The phrase found in Matthew speaks of God's, uh, his, his omnipotence, his absolute power, his, his, uh, his just allness. Just like, just like that song we sang, the Revelation song. He's just a powerful, omniscient God, and we are to cry out, holy, holy, holy to him. Absolute power. It is the theme that is echoed throughout the scriptures. When, when Sarah and Abraham uh, doubted God's promise, God gave them a son and said, Is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything too hard for the Lord? When God displayed his absolute sovereignty in Job's life, in his distress, Job replied, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted." Jesus himself, when he was praying to his father in the garden, before he was crucified, cried out, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me. But God didn't, did he? This phrase, with God all things are possible, proclaims the absolute sovereignty and uncontested power of God. All things are possible through him. We often interpret this phrase, uh, with God, all things are possible. And we switch it around and we change it up and say, with God, all things are possible for me. But that's the wrong attitude to have. We claim God's power for ourselves, and that's not right. But we can have this attitude. God is not at our bidding. We can't have that attitude because we just can't say, God, do what I want. No, God's going to do exactly what he wants and needs to accomplish his will, to accomplish the work of the kingdom. 
It's all about the kingdom, folks. It's all about this life after this earth. It's not about our life on this earth. It's about that life after. And we need to make sure that people are going there. Like I said, God is not our, he is not at our bidding. We are at his bidding. God is not at our bidding. We are at his bidding. All things are possible with God because he is the only one who can save us. He is the only one that can give us eternal life. And that's what that verse means. We submit to him in prayer by humbling ourselves, submitting to him, and placing our faith and our trust in him and him alone.